Hello, everyone. Welcome to IfCast, the forward-looking tech podcast from Intuitive Future. As always, I'm your host, Nick Hagar, and today we have with us Tom Soderlund, CEO and co-founder at Weld. Tom, thank you for being here. Thank you for uh, having me. Of course. So to kick it off, can you tell us what is Weld? So Weld is a, basically a programming tool for non-techies. We want uh, non-techies to be able to make websites and uh, later on mobile apps without coding. So we built this tool. It's a web-based tool where uh, where you can draw how your website or app should look like, and then you can make uh, simpler inter- interactivity by dragging and dropping. Okay, and can you tell us where the idea come from? So the idea came to me about eight years ago when I got really serious into building my own web apps and mobile apps, and I. I have a video game background, and when I moved into sort of web apps and mobile apps, I I was surprised by the lack of good development tools. But because in, in the game from 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 games, we had um, uh, Unity and Flash, and I remember even from my from when growing up, we had, I had I, I was coding in Visual Basic, and I remember sort of how how visual that was and how productive I was. And and then when I started with mobile and web apps. I, I miss those kind of tools. Uh, so um, I've been thinking about this for, for many, many years, but it wasn't until late 2013 where I, I really got serious about doing something about it. Sure, and those tools like uh, Unity and Flash, they have a coding component, but a lot of it is sort of the drag-and-drop visual design workspace. Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. Uh, I mean... Uh, yeah, you you can add code to it, uh, but you can also achieve a lot without coding in them. Yeah, sure. And so, with that background in video games, what made you transition to where you are now? Uh, there was a number of reasons, but I got a bit fed up with the gaming industry actually, uh, and I felt more challenged and inspired by what could be done uh, in in regular web apps and, and uh, mobile apps. And I also was, was in a stage in my life where I started thinking about sort of what, uh, what's, the, what's my purpose here beyond just uh, building a company or, or making fun games, uh, things like that. I was started thinking about what kind of legacy I want to I wanna leave uh, and um, what kind of impact I want to have on the, on, on the planet, pretty much. Uh, so I started thinking about... Um, ways of making technology more accessible to, to more people. Actually, it's just half a percent of the population that knows how to code, and there's a vast amount of people that, that can't make interactive stuff, and I think that's a shame. And, and if you look at tools in other industries like music, uh, you have simple tools for, for music creation, you have simple tools for movie creation, and they have really uh, helped new new generations of creators to make things. Yeah, that's interesting. I always think it's surprising, I think, especially when we have this sort of mentality of everyone should learn how to code, that the number of people who can is actually so small. Um, yeah. So getting back to Weld, can you talk a little bit about how far along your product is, how big your team is, that sort of thing? Yeah, sure. So we knew, or I knew when I started this journey that it was a big product, a big undertaking that, that we were um, um, starting starting on. Um, 
so we split the product into three tiers. So first it was interaction design. We, we thought a good app, when you make an app, you, you sort of, there's three stages you go through. It's interaction design, it's visual design, and it's interactivity. So we, we're actually taking that approach to building how we build Weld. So we started focusing on the interaction design uh, component, and we launched what we call Weld, at least internally called Weld 1, uh, this spring. Um, and that was more of a, of a wireframing tool. And phase two, tier two, was uh, a visual design tool. And we launched that in uh, September this year. And we call it Weld Websites because with um, a richer design tool, we also added the um, ability to publish your, your project as a real website with a domain and all. And what we're working on now is the third tier, is the interactivity tier. Um, and we plan to ship that next year. So it will be a number of components that help you make your, your websites and web apps more interactive. And once we have that in place, we hope to be able to push this out on, so you can push out your, your project on other platforms, including native mobile platforms. Okay, and so it sounds like you're building towards being able to basically make any finished product with Weld. Um, is that going to be your focus or is it primarily prototyping or a mix of both it's we want we want uh, like entrepreneurs to be able to build like an mvp with weld uh, so to, to quickly create something that works but maybe doesn't have the the optimal performance the optimal um, um all the features that you would like to have but it's has to look and feel, and it, and it delivers on the on the core premise of your app uh, when, when you're when you're building it. Uh, to be able to quickly test different ideas and, and launch them and, and get feedback on them. And for some entrepreneurs, we hope that Weld maybe can be a, a tool where you can stay and, and keep the entire product. Uh, for other for other entrepreneurs, it will be more like a starting point, and and uh, maybe eventually you will. Will, you will grow out to the platform and, and need to find another solution. Okay. And can you talk a little bit about um, your own background? Because I wonder with building this tool that helps people who don't have a technical background um, make things, What? how does your own background affect that? Do you have a technical background, um, that sort of thing? Right. I'm, I'm a bit of a mixed breed because I, I've um, always had a strong sort of interest in technology and, and coding and I actually I've um, I've been a hobby coder almost all, all my adult life but I haven't worked with programming prof professionally really uh, until I started with uh, with Weld um, so uh, I've always been sort of tinkering with stuff and and, uh, and, and building small apps and so on um, but in my background from, from video games where I worked for 12 years, I was more on the creative production side as a game designer, as a, as a producer, um, but never, never coding on, on games. Sure. And so I wonder when you look at what you're able to build with code and what you are building with Weld and what yeah. Weld can do, um, what sort of differences do you see there? What's the divide and what are you hoping to grow towards? Uh, I mean, one thing is that we we 
will enable non-techies to create um, the sort of bread and butter stuff that that uh, normal web coders and so on are, are used to making all day long, like creating simple landing pages, creating forms, creating simple um, uh, algorithms for calculating things, grabbing information from, from uh, other servers and stuff like that, and displaying that, that in various formats. But also, we hope to, and this is more, this is more um, a long-term vision, uh, and uh, I mean, not something we have full control over. I hope that sort of the combination of new types of people starting to tinker with technology and, and app creation, combined with a tool that's designed to be very playful, we hope to see new kind of creations where that would never have happened with. Uh, um, with uh, regular programming tools, uh, where maybe just because it's so simple to, to do, do certain kind of things in Weld, you will sort of play around with it more and experiment more. So I, ho I hope to see more of that. I, I, we've seen some, some little nuggets, some, little, uh, some of that happening already, but I hope to see that on a larger scale as the, as the product matures. Definitely, and I want to get back to that second point, but um, I want to touch on what you said about you know recreating forms and these things that are very mm. common, very uh, typical use cases. Um, could you see, and this sort of plays into the back end of your platform, could you see maybe people coming to Weld and building this landing page um, and then maybe exporting it as part of a bigger site because that's something that coders do all the time, coders code so many forms and so many landing pages. Is that something that you could just speed up and be part of the coding process? Well, there's um, there's lots of other tools that sort of focus on the landing page aspect, like um, Unbounds and Instapage uh, and so on. And and we we our strategy is to be a bit more. Um, uh, have more sort of a general purpose tools. So you could you could use this uh, to build um, um, to build a landing page, but you could do other things with it as well. We we uh, my philosophy here is that uh, general purpose could be a good thing. If you if you invest time in learning a tool, it's good. If you can use the same tool maybe to build your personal website and build a landing page for your project instead of just going with one tool for one thing and one. Uh, a second tool for for a second. Um, so so, uh, so that's one one aspect. And you mentioned also exporting it. Uh, right now, our philosophy is not to export things from from Weld rather than rather than simplify publishing and, and helping you take your your content to different platforms, but not exporting it and sort of continue to work on it in a, in another tool. Right? That's not uh, our our. Um, strategy right now anyway. Okay, so you're more focused on building this complete ecosystem than sort of integrating into other products and services. Yes, and, and um, I mean, we get, we get users from both the high-end and the low-end low spectrum in terms of, of, what they, of their technology skills, but we're aiming for more for the sort of non-technical entrepreneur where, where um, uh, they're not that as like confident in actually working on with the code themselves afterwards. Um, and I mean, we have on the on the lower end of our uh, users in terms of technical maturity, we have people that don't really know what uh, what the web domain is and stuff like that. So we really have to be 
uh, super user friendly and help them sort of. They they know what a website is and uh, and how it should should look, but they but even if you use words like DNS or domain name, they they get a bit uh, insecure and 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 so on. So we need to be really uh, simple to use and have a. Um, uh, is the way we phrase things are is really important. Sure, and so is that sort of friendliness to people who are maybe not as familiar with this whole domain. Is that what helps you stand out? Because I know, at least from a prototyping perspective, the market is pretty crowded with products. So how do you differentiate mm. yourself? Yeah, I mean, we we started as. When we launched the first product, we were more competing with prototyping tools, uh, and some of our users are still using us as a prototyping tool. Um, now we're sort of competing more, I, I would say, with Squarespace and Wix and those web builders. And the main difference here is that we're, we're really, um, uh, we, we are uh, so freeform. We, are, we, we, we do have some templates, but you can basically create anything from scratch. And it's like using Keynote, in, in terms of how simple and, and productive it is. Um, so uh, I think that's the way, that's how we stand out right now, that you can sort of just make anything. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people shy away from is the template approach. Um, I know personally I wouldn't want the my website to look the same as everybody else's, so I think the right. ability to right. do anything uh, is really a differentiator. With that, though, with... And if we sort of touched on this a little bit already, but um, when you're using this approach, even though it is not a template approach, I'm sure there will always be people who will say, well, you can't do everything. You can't do X, Y, and Z without coding. Um, so yeah. when do you think your product will get to the point where someone can look at it and say, oh, this is a fully fledged thing that I can do everything I would do with coding in or... Are we there yet, or are we, will right. we never get there? Uh, yeah, yeah. We have we have designed Weld to be open-ended in the sense that whatever Weld can't deliver, you should be able to add with code. So the idea is that um, you can find someone that can sort of code the missing components that that you need for your project, or if if there's uh, a larger uh, demand for something specific, maybe. Maybe some coders or maybe um, people in the in the weld community will sort of build things that are missing. So right now we have it, it's it's in closed beta at the moment, but you can actually build widgets to extend weld. Um, so uh, we have uh, already like interactive maps and we have video players and so on that's been built. And that's not part of the core weld library of, of the components and objects, but actually been built by by uh, other users. So. Um, the idea is that maybe you can make, maybe you can make seventy, eighty percent of of your of what you want to do in in Weld, and you could sort of code the last twenty percent. And as Weld matures, you'll be able to do more and more with the core Weld components, and and sort of the smaller, the last percentage will be smaller and smaller. Okay, that's very interesting because I imagined opening the development up like that is going to speed things up considerably and give you usability that you wouldn't otherwise maybe even think of yeah. is that right yeah, yeah. um so i want to maybe dive in a little bit uh think about this conceptually when you're approaching from this mindset you're using weld it's a very different workspace than 
approaching it from coding necessarily because you have people who have no idea what coding even is maybe. Mm -hmm. um, what do you think, because you have a little bit of experience in both sides, what do you think is the consequence of approaching designing a product from this sort of visual drag and drop mindset as opposed to approaching it as a coder? One, there's many, there's many layers on this, but what, what I think about first is when I approach something with a, with a, with a coding coder's mentality, um, even if I'm thinking about uh, functionality, usability, and aesthetics, I always have the, the sense of what this is going to cost me from a development perspective. Uh, it, like, I could, I could make a drag-and-drop UI, but it would be simpler to just make a, 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 a menu list where I can just select what I want. Um, so I think that's a big difference. You you don't have that. You don't think about um, the cost of implementation when or and time of implementation when when you just drag and drop things. Um, and and that that is of course both good and bad. But I think it gives you the freedom to to um, to experiment and prototype more. I'm a big I'm a big proponent and fan of prototyping in general. Like I think it. Um, it helps you cut development cost and development time in, in general. In, in, and uh, uh, I mean, you, you should do it more and more. Um, so I, I think the, the the longer you can sort of stay in the, in prototyping mode and mode and, and, and try different things and, and experiment, the, the better the, the better product you will create uh, and, and um, more interesting product you will create. So then, do you think as Weld grows and explodes into the market, do you think that as this becomes the way that things are developed, how is that going to affect the way that final products look or behave? Is it going to make them more complicated or more polished, or what's going to be the consequence? My hope and dream is that this will bring new people creating apps, like people with an artistic background, people with more of a maybe a business background, but not not they don't have the technology skills, and they will approach apps and and services with, with totally new perspectives uh, and you'll see you'll see apps and, and, and services that work very differently and, and look very differently to what we're used to uh, and uh, that that we will sort of uh, see more diversity but also help sort of from this bigger diversity we will find new sort of best in best practices uh, that could help regular programming and regular app development also that sort of this wealth of creativity could actually make people uh, explore new new um, avenues, new new ways of solving problems that they that they wouldn't consider before. Yeah, it's interesting how it could opening it up could make the entire process more efficient. Um, and I wonder also when you talk about these new perspectives, this entirely new look and feel of applications from different types of creators. Um, I know it's all sort of not really concrete yet, but do you have like in your mind, what's the dream, the ideal of someone coming in and making something with Weld? You mean right now or, or like as like, Weld becomes more of our final vision of, of what it's like? Right, as it becomes more of this final vision, is there like a specific dream use case that you've thought about as you've been growing this? 
yes, uh, I mean, there's there's um, there's a couple of of dream users that we've already met, but we haven't been able to sort of support them fully with with, with what they uh, uh, what they want to do. Um, so um, we've we've uh, we have um, a, a British entrepreneur that has um, a beekeeping um, community and, and a, a special kind of app supporting that community. And uh, he wanted to build it in, in Weld. We couldn't fully do everything he wanted, so he, he ended up building the landing page uh, in Weld and um, did uh, the rest uh, of the of the app in another tool called Bubble. Um, um, but that's that's uh, one type of, of tip, typical user that I, I would like to be able to support in the future. We also have a, a, a beautiful um, uh, app called Sniffer, which is basically dating for dogs or, or um, a community for uh, a social community for uh, uh, dog owners. Um, and they they uh, they built um, their their iPhone app with traditional programming tools, but did the landing page on uh, on Weld. But that's a, the type of app I would love to see on, on our platform in the future. And those in the future would be entirely built from beginning to end on Weld. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so I want to dive in just a little more thinking about it conceptually. Um, in the, at the end of development, when you are out in the market, finalized product. Um, yeah. Is your goal to sort of be between these end users and code? Because there will always be code on the back end. Obviously, that's the structure mm. of everything on the web. But is your goal to sort of be in the middle of that? Or where in the world of the web, in that sort of hierarchy, do you see Weld being placed? Well, um, in a way, I see yeah, I see us as a platform where where you can create things, but you can also uh, integrate things uh, on Weld, and and we, we we don't plan to. I mean, we won't build everything ourselves, and we have already integrations with uh, Mailchimp and Google Maps and, and so on, and uh, those will be um, continuously be be built out further. Um, so you can sort of have use other services, but then you sort of stitch together or weld together the final the the, the final application on weld. Like you bring all the pieces together in in one coherent experience uh, on weld. Sure, and I wonder. I'm just thinking about this like very big picture. Um, in the same way that way back the beginning of the web and the internet, you know, the internet became the platform that the web was experienced on and the browser mm. became the platform on top of that. Do you see Weld potentially being the development platform that lives on top of code and on a very large scale? Well, that would, that would be of course the, the dream vision that, <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if we can make that kind of impact, uh, but I, it's almost, Hard to like dream about that, but but theoretically, it's yeah, that's 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 feasible. Well, could be the place where you bring things together, uh, and then you have sort of real code and real coders supporting the 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 functionality that you want to bring into Weld, basically. Sure. 
think it's interesting to think about that structurally. Um, and then transitioning a little bit, uh, can you talk about what is the revenue model for Weld? How do you make money? Well, we, the current model we, we have is sort of a micro, micro subscription model. Uh, it's a little bit inspired by the free-to-play systems from, from uh, mobile games where we have a pretty strong free offering. Um, and we think all content needs to be um, uh, free or at least in a, in a free version. Uh, so what the big thing we're charging for right now is removing the Weld watermark because all, all products that you create from Weld has a little um, made in Weld watermark at the bottom. And uh, that costs $9 to, to remove. And then we have a few extra micro... micro um, payments uh, addition, additional like uh, we offer you free uh, three websites or three projects for free if you want more than that that's that cost you five dollars a month and so on but uh, thing and the, and the most popular thing to pay for is actually removing the weld watermark sure and do you see that changing at all in the future like I know you talked about all these widgets and components that are being created out in the world do you see some sort of marketplace or anything like that Absolutely, yeah, you're, you're, you're very correct, yeah. So once we have that ecosystem in place, when we have more content in, the, in uh, what we call the, uh, the library the, the, of, of objects and components, we um, hope to be able to um, offer some premium objects uh, and content and uh, with a good revenue sharing scheme for, for the developers. Okay, and then in general, um, just looking to the future of web development, um, in relation to Weld, do you what do you think it's going to look like? Will there be less coding in the future, or what's going to happen? Yes, I think there's going to be less coding uh, in the future. Uh, if if we're if we're if Weld is the one fixing that problem, or if someone else is doing it, uh, that that uh, remains to be seen. But I definitely think there's going to be less coding um, for most applications, and then uh, I, th I think it's a better use of of engineering resources to sort of solve those hard technical problems and then make them accessible to people that, that need, need them to build more end-user applications uh, instead of sort of reinventing the wheel and same, building the same uh, or solving the same problem over and over again. Um, so I think it's going to be um, more tools like that for, to create applications and services in an easier way. Sure, and so in your future of development and visioning, it's wide open and pretty much accessible to anyone, right? Yes. And I wonder what do, you what do you think that's going to mean for the market we have now where people who can code and who can develop things are very, very valuable. Um, is that necessarily going to change? I think, I mean, I think the demand... The, the, the sort of demand for new services and, and applications to be built is, is going to just increase. Um, number of both mobile apps and websites are, are growing like 30, 40% every year. And I think that's going to just continue. So it's going to be a massive need for new applications and, and, uh, and, and services on, on the on sort of highest tier. And, and the only way to sort of support this growth is actually to be more economical with the with the uh, 
engineering resources we have. Uh, I mean, of course, pe more people will learn to code and so on, but I, I, I don't think that will be nearly enough to, to support the demand for, for new applications that we need. So um, I think it's just a, it's, um, it's a better use of our, our uh, human resources to, to, to create tools where, where non people with less technical skills can make applications. Sure, that's very interesting. Um, I th we are nearing the end here, um, but before we go, can you just tell us what's the short-term plan for Weld one more time, and then what's the grand vision? So the big vision is a tool where non-techers can make any kind of application, website, or mobile application without coding. Uh, right now, we are sort of between... Um, being a design tool and being a, a creation tool for simpler web apps. And we hope our, our goal for next year is going to be able to deliver really uh, rich web apps uh, with great uh, design and great interactivity and make that really accessible to the masses. That, that's our goal for uh, the near future. All right. Well, Tom, thank you so much for being on. It's been great. Thank you for having me. It was great uh, talking about this. Thank you so much. Of course. Uh, take care. Thank you so much for listening. As always, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Give us a five-star review to help out the show. And make sure to listen again next week because we've got another great episode coming down the pipeline. As always, production and design are by yours truly. And our theme song is by Grant Nell. Thanks again and have a great week.